BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Array and Icing and Glitter. And on this podcast, I chat with thought leaders in wellness, beauty, business, and more. Today's guest is Eli Hallowell, founder of Hair Story, a revolutionary hair care, hair care brand that ditches shampoo. Hair Story is a really interesting brand because its products are made with essential oils which clean the scalp without stripping it. Today's episode is interesting because not only do we chat about hair, but we also talk about how to get a disruptive brand noticed. So without further ado, let's welcome Eli to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so Eli, let's start with your background. How did you first become interested in hair care? So my first exposure to hair care as a business um, was through someone who was a family friend. Um, I grew up in a small town outside of New York City, and uh, there was this really cool family uh, that was actually two families living together. Oh, the one family was, the head of the household was a yogi and was one of the first yoga instructors to open up a chain of yoga studios um, out in LA and then in New York. And his best friend lived there too with his family. And he was a hairdresser who owned a salon in New York City called Bumble and Bumble. Uh, and I was good friends with the son of the yogi. We played, um, we played soccer together on the same team. And, uh, as we, as I grew up and went on to college and then was working in New York City, um, they reached out to me. Uh, the, the son of the yogi ended up working with, with the, the, uh, the hairdresser at Bumble. And um, they reached out to me pretty uh, early on in my career, uh, right before I was going to business school, actually, and said, hey, we would love some help to create a product company for this one. Um, and I started researching and put together a business plan and uh, helped them start the first uh, products at Bumble and Bubble. Wow. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. First of all, I didn't even realize that Bumble and Bumble was a salon and then they launched product because I've only ever been really familiar with their products. So that's very, very cool. Um, so what was your whole time like at Bumble and Bumble? Because you started when you were young and you, you stayed on there for a while, didn't you? Yeah. So so they started the product business and I went off to business school. And, um, mm -hmm. and while at business, actually on the way to business school, I wrote a business plan for another company that got funded by venture capitalists and I worked on during school. And then I worked for another couple of years after school that was a dot-com and was in the uh, first dot-com boom, got really big and then died. And uh, after having been away for five years, I came back to New York and got a haircut at Bumble. And they told me that they had just sold a majority stake 
to Estee Lauder and they had another five years before Lauder would buy the rest and they needed help from an MBA kind of guy. So that's how I started working full time with Bumble. Um, and it was an amazing experience. I really, really loved it. Um, the hair business is unique in beauty in my mind because uh, the products do something and they do what they're supposed to do right away. So um, you're not selling a myth, you're not selling a hope. It's the opposite of open a bottle. It's like action in a bottle. <laughs> and um, and that's what I loved about it. Later on, I, I ran a skincare company called Jerlique and I loved what the brand oh, wow. did for. I, I love them. Yeah, so Jerlique's got a beautiful brand and I love the farm and everything that was part of it. But um, But I found it much more challenging to market products that didn't um, give you a result that you could see right away. And that's what I love about hair. Um, I also just love hairdressers. I think hairdressers are super fun, creative, smart people. And um, they just, they look at life through a different lens. And I, um, I, I always appreciate looking through life through a different lens. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And what you're saying is actually like, I'd never thought about it that way, but you're so right. Like, I think that the satisfaction people get when they find the right hair product, it's just something different, right? Because they're seeing the results right away. Whereas like, you know, other products, it's more so like, especially skincare, like I love skincare, but it's true. Like you need to use it for a while to actually see those results. And it's not necessary mm -hmm. that every skincare will work for everyone, yep. um, you know, just across the board. So that is, that is very, very cool. So then, you know, you, you have all this experience at Bumble and Bumble and then surely why, why hair story? Because you guys are a real disruptor in the hair care category. You guys are like a shampooless shampoo, essentially. Like, mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Sure. So um, part of my journey I'll share is uh, I was at Jurlique and um, about a couple of years in, I had my second child, uh, my son, mm -hmm. Levi. And when he was born, about six months in, we discovered he'd had a stroke. And uh, he's standing right in front of me right now doing a bunch of squats. So he's, he's, he's in great shape now. Wow. Um, but, yeah. uh, but it was terrifying. I, 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 I can share. It was really, you had no idea, you know, when he was just a little blob, what he would grow into. And, um, and so after um, about three years at, at Jurlique and feeling and having turned around the brand and rebranded and restructured, I actually decided to leave and not work and just focus on my family for a couple of years. And um, that was great. And it was the best decision I've ever made. But after a couple of years, I needed to make money again. And um, I had started my career on Wall Street in finance and decided that the, the best way to balance um, making money and um, focusing on my family was to go back to work at a hedge fund. And that's what I did. And I got a job at a super awesome um, hedge fund called D.E. Shaw, which is kind of like the Google of Wall Street. Um, you know, all the people who work there walk around in flip-flops and shorts and they're super smart and fun. And um, anyway, I was there and it was a essentially like a, you know, a catbird seat where I could, I could see the whole world. I was meeting with the senior management of LVMH and Ford Motor Company and, um, you know, Sally Beauty um, and Estee Lauder and, you know, everything in between. Um, and I was watching the world change really dramatically right in front of my eyes. And the main changes were the fallout from the financial crisis of 2008 um, and the rise of smartphones. 
that really enabled uh, hairdressers in particular, but small business people broadly, to participate in the economy in a totally different way. Um, and it was having an impact on the, the hair side of the beauty business that was profound. And I was watching it as an investor. And, um, and one day I just had this idea. And the idea really, um, uh, it got me so excited that I, um, I, I sort of knew immediately that I was going to stop being an investor and go back into running businesses and start this company. And the idea was that um, there was a way to leverage technology to let hairdressers participate in e-commerce. And, mm -hmm. and that, was, um, that was sort of my initial crystal of an idea that, you know, is there a way to have hairdressers participate in a new way, uh, in, in, in the new economy? Um, and as I got excited about the idea and decided, hmm, maybe I want to leave my, uh, leave my job to, to build this business, um, I started thinking, well, if I do this, I need to have uh, a product that I believe in too. And recently I had met again with the, uh, the founder of Bumble and Bumble, who had, who had been working on a new project. Um, and he and a woman who is the um, who is now a, a part of our business and is our head of product development had had created the formula for what is now New Wash, and they gave it to me to sample, and immediately I was in love with it. I was like, this is the most unique and uh, compelling beauty product I've I've used I think ever, um, and so I first asked them just for more of it, but then I basically asked if um, if we could merge forces and uh, essentially acquired the assets that they had been working on and relaunched the business as hair story. So it's, it was my idea for how to um, sell differently and how to include hairdressers in the e-commerce economy. Um, and, and they get the credit for coming up with what is now the new wash formulation. And I guess if I get any credit, it's for recognizing that it was amazing. So it's actually like you guys are disruptors because of two different reasons then. It's not just the fact that this product is is really cool and very new, but it's also your business model. Exactly. Yeah, that and and it's been interesting um to be navigating those taking on two challenges at once so to speak. Um and we've been kind of blown away by the response that we've gotten on each, but I'll I'll I will share that the response to New Wash has been um, much faster, bigger, and stronger than I anticipated. And the hairdresser business um, and getting people to recognize there's a different way to sell hair care products has taken longer, but is now getting just as much traction. Very cool. So uh, like, talk to me about the process of educating customers, especially around this product. Like how, like, how does it happen? How do you get people on board um, with such a product? It's a great question, and it's not it's not easy. Um, and the reason it's not easy is because people don't wake up every day saying, "You know what? I'd like an alternative to this thing that I've been using my entire life." Um, they don't really know. We, we, we are solving ultimately. New Wash solves a problem that people don't realize they have, and that problem is that shampoo is creating a vicious cycle on their scalp. It is over cleansing their hair and scalp, stripping away their body's natural oil barrier and forcing their body to respond by overproducing oil. And, um, and that then makes them feel greasy and they say, wow, I should use more of that shampoo stuff because it did such a good job of cleaning my hair 
you know, yesterday, I'm going to use it again. And, um, and it's the perfect picture cycle. It's great for shampoo companies because on top of the stripping cycle, when the hair is been cleaned, it's very, it's stripped and dry and needs more moisture. So you can sell them a conditioner and then you need to sell them some styling products to sort of get it a little bit, you know, sticky again, so it can do stuff that you want it to do. Um, and the challenge for us was that people don't wake up realizing that they're in a vicious cycle and thinking, I want to break this cycle. So the first step for marketing a product like New Wash is to educate people that they are in a vicious cycle and that there is a solution and an alternative and, um, and that it works. So number one has been putting uh, ads together and, and, and informing our hairdressers to, to describe the narrative of that vicious cycle and let people know that there is actually a way that their hair could be better than they thought. And mm-hmm. it's hard for people to get their head around that because they've been living their whole life with hair and some people love their hair and some people hate their hair. Most people are sort of in between. And, um, and they've just sort of resigned themselves to this is what it is. And I have, to, mm-hmm. I have to use this process or use this product and it gets a little bit better. And if I don't do something or certain times of the year, it gets worse. But in reality, there's a way to break the cycle and experience hair that really feels and looks different because they're letting their hair go back to the way their body meant it to be. Um, And that's sort of the beauty of our product. It's a product that is sort of letting people be more themselves versus having some magic ingredient that is going to change them. Um, It's a a very interesting sell. (laughs) Uh, But at at its core, it's about letting people know that there's a problem that they didn't know they had and then presenting a solution um, that is simple enough that they are willing to give it a try. And then the product does all the work from there. So the the, the shampoo, I guess, the the new wash and like the, the range of washes, the, the quote unquote shampoos that you guys have, the, the base is essential oils, correct? It's essential oils and fatty alcohols, um, aloe vera, uh, yeah, so it's 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 a whole sort of compilation of essential oils and these fatty alcohols. The fatty alcohols are very important too. And like they they're effective in cleaning your scalp, even though it doesn't, for example, like like bubble or froth or whatever it's exactly. called, right? Yeah. So I'll give you the quick the quick sort of science around it. Um, yeah. In order to in order to clean anything, you need what's called uh, what's known as an amphiphilic substance. Amphiphilic means it loves both. And what are the both? It loves oil and it loves water. Everybody knows that oil and water don't mix. And so when you have a shampoo, it has one side of the molecule, the, the cleansing part does, that, that, loves, um, that loves anything oily or dirty. And it goes in and it grabs onto anything oily or dirty and it collects it all attached to the molecule. And then what happens is the water comes by because you're rinsing. And as the water comes by, the water-loving side grabs onto the water and hitches a ride, and it pulls everything along down the drain. And that is the cleansing process. You use that when you're cleansing, when you're cleaning dishes, when you're cleaning a car, you're cleaning a carpet, or you're cleaning your hair. Um, so to clean anything, you need an amphiphilic substance. So new wash cleans with these fatty alcohols and essential oils that are amphiphilic substances. They have one side that loves oil and one side that loves water. The difference is the oil-loving side is very strong and grabs onto anything dirty, but the water-loving side is much weaker. And so when the water comes by as you rinse, 
the water loving side um, grabs onto the water, but the bond with the water is only strong enough to pull away things that are loosely attached to your hair and scalp. So that would be excess oil, it would be styling products, it would be dirt, environmental pollution, anything that you don't want in your hair or on your scalp is going to be pulled away and go down the drain, but it will leave behind and leave untouched your protective oil barrier. And that is the entire magic. The, the magic of new wash is the, the, the relative weakness of this one side of the molecule that doesn't grab onto water as well. And when you leave that, that barrier intact, your scalp can calm down. It can stop overproducing oil. Your hair remains moisturized and protected. And so your hair has more volume, has more, more, um, bounce and shape to it and feels it, it it ends up being more like a kid's hair right i mean when you've got a kid i don't know if you have a kid or if you're even old enough to have a kid yet but um for people who have children <laughs> and you've got a uh, you've got a young child you know it's almost impossible to corral them into the shower or the bath you know maybe you're lucky you know once every three or four days and kids hair is amazing always <laughs> um and so this is kind of like giving you that you know kid hair youthful hair I love that. And it also allows you to, I guess, skip that conditioner step too. It's like a two in one, um, mm -hmm. but actually like the, you know, it's, it's very nourishing. When you skip, when, when you don't strip the hair, you don't need to replenish it with something that is replacing what you stripped away. And so, um, new wash and because it's the, the, the amphiphilic molecules that we're using are these fatty alcohols and oils they are inherently also very conditioning. So the elements that are left behind coating your hair um, are basically leaving conditioner in. And if your hair, when you wash with new wash, will feel very conditioned. Um, there is a downside, by the way, which I need to point out. The downside is that it is a little bit harder to rinse with new wash because it doesn't grab onto water as well. And you need to really scrub your scalp with it to make sure that you, A, get it to grab everything on your scalp and B, rinse it off your scalp. So you need to rinse a bit more. You use a bit of a manual process to sort of squeegee it out of your hair. Um, Cause otherwise it'll, it'll build up in your hair and that won't look or feel good. But if you do that extra little bit of work on rinsing, the results are, are out of this world. That is so, so cool. So, you know, we know that a lot of shampoos have cleaning agents, which are super harsh and harmful. Like I, I I've read and also felt in my own hair. Um, and I've read that, they, they're like as harsh as the cleaners you use for like your floors or your cars, which is insane. And like, mm -hmm. I'm personally, I've had some very, very bad reactions to um, just regular shampoo because mm -hmm. it's, it's led to like excess sebum production. And so very, very early on, like I sort of opted for more clean beauty brands when it, when it mm -hmm. has come to my shampoos so yep. or yeah, like just like, uh, I guess shampoos that avoid certain ingredients. So like, we already know that about these drugstore product, well, a lot of drugstore products, but what about clean beauty brands? Like, would you say that those are also, um, they also have their like own set of issues? So here's what I'd say. Um, the, the ingredients that everyone's trying to avoid that the marketing engines of the big brands have got you to focus on are sort of the worst, harshest, most irritating detergents. And those are called uh, sulfates. And what that means is they, they use usually sodium, so salt. So salt dissolves in water really, really well. 
And that means that it grabs onto water really, really well. And so um, those are so strong and they're exactly what's used in cars and floors and everything else um, that it was easy for the industry to say, okay, we'll, we'll get rid of those. We'll, we'll offer an SLS-free version. And they moved to things often that are called glucosides, which means it's made with sugar. Well, sugar also dissolves really well, but it doesn't have the harshness of the salt-based, the sulfur, you know, sulfates. Um, and so many of the clean beauty brands use glucosides as their detergents, which are definitely much less irritating um, and, and are going to be more gentle for your hair. That said, they still will overclean it. They, in our opinion, right. they still are strong enough to, to strip away your body's natural protective barrier. And, um, and so our little motto is that if it, if it, if it foams or if it thuds, then it strips. And, and that's the, the indicator. That's how you can tell that it's stripping. Um, something that only foams a teeny bit is probably not stripping as much. So it's, it's definitely a move in the right direction, but people assume they want that foaming lather and they feel like, oh, that's how it's working. Well, yeah, that is how it's working. It's cleaning, it's overcleaning your hair. Um, and so I would say that it's definitely a great move to move in the, uh, towards the end of the spectrum of glucosides and these clean beauty, uh, shampoos, but, um, you're still not solving, you're not breaking the vicious cycle. You're still not solving the challenge that you are overcleaning your hair and your your scalp is responding by being overactive and producing too much oil. And it like when someone uses um, hair story products, how how often, like what's what's the ideal amount of times a week that they should be washing their hair? So it's a really interesting question. Um, what we always tell people is to start off washing just as often as you were using shampoo. Um, mm -hmm. Because it doesn't strip, someone who's a real gym hog can wash every day and it will not beat their hair. And that's what's so cool is if you want to wash your hair every day, you can and it's safe. It's great for people who swim a lot, people who work in the gym a lot. Um, and, um, and that's at one end of the extreme. It's a real benefit for those types of people. Uh, but you also, you don't need to wash more often. Um, you can just wash as much as you'd like. So if you're already washing three days a week, that means that you've, you're have you probably not beating your scalp up as much as someone who's washing every day. And you can transition to new wash and just wash once every three days. And if you want to, over time, as your scalp calms down, you will likely get an extra day or sometimes two, sometimes three between washes. Uh, you know, the people who've been using new wash the longest who work in our office a lot of them wash once a week and they are not grease balls. <laughs> um, and that's their choice. That's how they, they like to, but you know, everyone can choose. Um, but there isn't a, an ideal amount of time between it's really up to you. And if you want to over time, you should be able to gain more days between washes. Got it. Okay. And uh, actually I have a very specific question it's to do with dandruffs. So mm -hmm. I, I know people, and this actually includes my fiance, and these people say that, you know, something like head and shoulders is literally the only thing that works for their dandruff. Yep. So I guess my question is, like, what is it that causes dandruff? And does something like hair story or does hair story actually work as a substitute for head and shoulders where it like calms down your scalp? Right. Great. So there are lots of causes of dandruff and it can be seborrheic 
dermatitis or it can be psoriasis. There's lots of different things. But the but um, the uh, sometimes it's bacterial, could be fungal. Like those are like those are the hardcore cases. But a lot of it comes down to scalp irritation, and um, and it can be a direct result of using a harsh detergent and your 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 scalp being overactive, and that sort of just like any part of your body, if you overuse it, if you over you overwork it, it gets tired and it gets exposed to infection or outside influences. So um, the the thing to to keep in mind here is that the solutions that the dandruff shampoos use are always the same solution. Um, and essentially what they do is they come in and it's it's like they're using a steel brush on your scalp. So they solve the dandruff by scrubbing the hell out of it with different types of acids. Um, and that is um, the ultimate vicious cycle. And it's it's very addicting because as soon as you stop using that steel wool on your scalp, you start flaking again. And you flake worse than ever before because you're using a highly irritating solution to a problem that is already irritated. Um, it's like a dependency then. It's a massive dependency. And unfortunately, the U.S. government, the FDA, has only two active ingredients approved that you can use to say that you are addressing dandruff. And both of them are this like steel wool approach. Um so new wash, if you go to our reviews on our website, you can type in dandruff or dermatitis or psoriasis, and you will see tons of people who write in saying that new wash has helped their dandruff. And the reason is that it's simply let their scalps come down. And as their scalps come down, some of them will go through a period of time where they have the negative impact of stopping using the Brillo pad. Um, but eventually the scalp comes down and they get back to a nice stasis where everything's in balance and the dandruff goes away. Um, now, for some people, if they have a serious infestation of, of, of uh, fungus or of bacteria or something, then um, they may need medicines and stuff. Like, this it, it isn't a cure-all, but we have, um, we have a lot of customers who are telling us that it does work for dandruff. Um, we can't market it as a dandruff solution for the reasons I said before mm -hmm. about the FDA. But um, but your boyfriend should def or fiance sorry should definitely try it. Oh, I'm definitely going to make him. That's yeah. I mean that's very very interesting. I I always felt that it has to be one of those things where it's like your body becomes dependent on um, the quote unquote solution, and it's really just a band aid as opposed to like a root cause address. Exactly. So it's perfect. Yeah, like yeah. So I like I feel like this would. I'm definitely gonna try it. Like, and I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think it will solve things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and get so, the brush too. Make sure you get the brush because that will really help him scrub his scalp and distribute it, and and help fluff off the extra stuff, uh, the extra skin as it comes down. Okay. Cool. This is a really good tip. So I wanted to sort of um, shift a little bit and ask you, I guess, a business question, which is because this is sort of like a like a new take on this category what's been your biggest challenge while growing the brand it's a good question um i think figuring out how to get what i said earlier about alerting people to the idea that there's a problem that they didn't know they had and that and, and that we were presenting a solution to a problem they didn't know they had um it's it's getting that sort of getting people's attention 
Um, so they say, wait a second, what is this? There's a problem here. Oh, and, and the analogy, I think it's a little, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but the analogy is, you know, 40, 50 years ago, people didn't know that smoking was unhealthy for them. And so like, there was no reason to have an alternative to smoking, <laughs> right? It's like, you know, it's yeah, fine. Absolutely. And, um, and so we're at that very early stage of, of letting people know, and, and clearly smoking is much worse for you than shampoo is for your scalp, but it's another <laughs> yeah. one of the things where, um, when people don't realize that there is a challenge or a problem, then they're not looking for a solution. And so that forces us to be a bit more, uh, I guess, aggressive, I would say in maybe in your face in terms of presenting people, um, with the idea that there's a problem and getting their attention. Um, so I would say I am by nature a bit more of a subtle person. Um, you know, I do yoga every day. Uh, I like being outside, the gardening. Um, I'm not a very in-your-face kind of person. And our marketing has been more in-your-face than I would have. Um, you know, it doesn't reflect me personally as much, but that's what's been required um, to get people's attention. And and I'm looking forward to over time as there's more awareness that there should that, that, that people should at least be considering an alternative to shampoo. Um, to being able to adjust and sort of tone down some of that messaging. And so when do you think was a tipping point for, for hair story? Like when did you realize that, Hey, like this is like, we're actually onto something and people, people get it and we're actually impacting people in the right way. So um, it was quite early on. We launched the business. Uh, we founded the business in July of 2015. We launched in November of 2015 and in October of 2016, so less than a year after launching, we had an article come out um, that was in uh, Forbes on Forbes.com that was written by a journalist who's a freelancer who basically um, had been very skeptical on meeting us, um, but was interested in the story and then had tried the product and basically couldn't believe the results that she got and how much she loved it. Um, and it was a very honest and well-written, clear narrative of the problem and the solution. And we basically just took that headline and made that an ad and linked people to that article. If you go to that article now, you'll see that more than 3 million people have read it. And, um, and that was the moment that really uh, gave us, we needed someone else's voice to present the problem and the solution and have that, that narrative and that credibility. And from that moment on, you know, within a couple of months, we were cash flow positive and we've basically stayed cash flow positive ever since. And we haven't taken on any new investors. And, you know, the business has been very healthy since then. That's incredible. Wow. And very, very creative way of, um, like, I guess, creating an ad. I would never have thought to sort of do it from someone else's like a like a publications tone. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's really weird. People thought we were nuts when I talked to them. Uh, Google told me that I needed to stop doing it when I talked to them. But basically, <laughs> they're like, why would you spend money to send people to someone else's website? That doesn't make sense. And I was like, well, yeah, it's but, working. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you know, it, and, and it doesn't surprise me because I think that because it's such an interesting new product, you know, like people automatically are skeptics. And so it's almost when you hear another skeptic having been like converted that's when you are also raising your eyebrows being like okay i kind of want to get this product to try yep yep and that was uh it has the the authenticity and credibility as well and that's why our reviews are so powerful too 
the reviews, so many people who write the reviews are saying, well, I was skeptical about this, but I thought I'd give it a try. And I can't believe what, you know, how different my hair is. Um, so yeah, your reviews are incredible. I've read them actually. And like, I, I've, I've been pretty blown away. Yeah. We lean on those a lot because, um, there's only so much you can, you know, every, today's world, sort of the Pantene's of the world and all these other brands have destroyed consumer, you know, beliefs that you're going to have, they, they, they overhype everything. And, um, and so I think it's just much better to hear about something from a third party and then you'll believe it. So we, we list yeah. what we, what we, what will happen, but we really just try to let other people speak for us. I love that. That's a really, really like that's, I think it's a really, really good approach. Um, last question. Uh, we do have entrepreneurs yeah. in the audience. And so my question to you is what's one tip that you can give to a young entrepreneur who's just starting out? My number one tip is focus on cash flow um, and take as least money, the least amount of money as you possibly can. Uh, investors are important in a bunch of ways, but they will push you in the wrong direction. And I think right now what we're seeing is there's so many businesses that had all this money presented to them and they raised tons of money and they bought customers, but they didn't focus on profitability. And now suddenly the investors are all running for the hills. And so there are a bunch of companies that, that are going to go out of business in the next year or two that didn't need to if they had just focused on building their business slowly and focusing on cash flow and only investing in things that they could afford to invest in when they could afford to invest in them. So that's my number one mantra as a business person and, and as an entrepreneur. That's an incredible tip. I've actually never heard that come along from someone. So thank you so much for that. Eli, before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, we are at hairstory.com and um, this is hairstory.com. Uh, and uh, we'd love for you to check out our website. Amazing. Thank you so much. 